Welcome to Tips and Trips, your podcast guide to travel tips on the fly. I'm your host, Abby Zartman, and each episode I sit down and talk with experts, local guides, or travel enthusiasts, answering all of your travel questions along the way. On today's episode, I'm joined by Eric Hansen, a road trip expert who's gone across country three times and back. This is part one of our conversation, so make sure you subscribe so that way you can listen to part two of my conversation with Eric. Welcome back to Tips and Trips. This is your host, Abby Zartman, and I'm here today with Eric Hansen, and I'm really excited to sit down with him because he has done something that I think a lot of people like myself have always kind of wanted to do. Americans have such a love affair with their cars, and Eric has done a cross-country road trip, and he's done it off the grid. Thank you very much for being here today, Eric. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, like I said, you've done the the major cross-country road trip. Have you done that more than once? Yes, actually. Uh, I have gone across and back uh, twice, and I've gone across to California once. So overall, three times over, two times back. Oh, wow. And you didn't get bored, so you still went the two other times? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot to explore only in our, our little country, you know, um, let alone the world. So Yeah, I think people forget how small we can be sometimes, and there's so much world to see, and there's so much of our own country to explore first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, when was the first cross-country road trip trip that you took? I took it um, in college, and I took it with some friends that I went to high school with, uh, and we had, you know, the summer off, and I just wanted to go see my friend who was going to college in Eugene, Oregon, so... We got into uh, my car, and we headed out to Minneapolis, picked up my other friend, and went across. And then uh, me and me and the friend that I picked up in Minneapolis came, came back. Um, my other friend ended up staying out in Oregon uh, mm. for a while, uh, moving to Portland. And, uh, yeah, so that was, the, that was the first trip. How long did that trip take you? Took us about five days to get out there, and then we hung out for a while. And then on the way back, it took a little less time just because we were itching to get back home. <laughs> so it took about it took about four days to get back back home. Sick of each other in the car at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot of driving when you're tired. Just sleep in the car, then get back up, get some coffee, and then hit the road again. Did you sleep back. in the car the entire time? Did you do any camping or hotel stays? Well, uh, what we would do is uh, we would camp. We had a we had a tent, and what's nice is that you can you can pitch a tent in any national forest basically. So we had an atlas. We knew where the national forests were, so we would just pull off to the side, find a place that we thought was safe, and and um, you know where nobody would bother us, and we just you know pitched a tent there, slept overnight, and then hit the road again. Um, sometimes if uh, we couldn't find a spot or if uh, we were just tired, um, you know, we'd just kind of pull over and just sleep in the car and then crack a dawn, get back on the road. Take a quick power nap and then get back on the road. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really trendy thing now for this is the top 10 best routes to take across the country. These are the places that you must see. Was there anything um, other than going to visit your friends, were there any major destinations that you planned in your trip, or was there any prep other than printing out or buying an atlas? Oh, sure, yes. Um, we really wanted to see uh, as many national parks as we could that made sense along the way. So definitely stay, uh, uh, went over to Yellowstone. Uh, below that is, um, oh, what's the name of it? Um, 
Grand Tetons National Park is right below that. So we went, we made sure to go up through those, uh, the Badlands in in Wyoming. That was really cool. Um, you know, the the Redwoods and Sequoia out in California, made sure to hit those. Uh, so we did, and on subsequent road trips, tried to plan a route where we could go through those national parks um, in a, in, you know, in an efficient way and um, get to see those. So what did you learn from your first road trip to the second and the third partial cross country? Uh, well, just uh, one thing that was interesting that you don't really think about is when when you're on a road trip that's going to incorporate thousands of miles, you need to prepare and be ready to get an oil change for your car mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe even replace a few tires. You know, if it's if it's long enough, these are the kinds of things you don't just have to get gas. You have to think about, you know, the upkeep of your car. So that's that's something that I planned for better on subsequent road trips was... You know, where are the Supercenter Walmarts that are going to do the oil change, <laughs> you know? Um, so making sure that we're aware of that uh, was definitely, definitely key. And having having an atlas that was up to date is, is critical, too. At the time, we did have cell phones, but, you know, the coverage is not, not the greatest in the Midwest. So having an atlas that is up to date, uh, that you know, you can you can navigate is is definitely crucial too. So even today with all of the four G and some places five G crazy always connected networks, would you still bring an atlas instead of just a smartphone or GPS? Oh sure. Yeah, definitely. I really like maps in general, so I think it's fun to look at them and just see what's you know, what you're gonna see in the next day, um, by looking at the map and there might be places where you don't have coverage. So you know, you need a an, an map and, you know, it's okay to stop and ask for directions too, you know, uh, talk to, talk to some people and, uh, you know, that can be really fun too. Yeah. It's also a way to meet some locals, build a bit of a relationship and enjoy. Um, I feel like if you're flying to a destination and you meet the locals there, you have the sense of community and a, a better connection to where you've been. And if you're doing that along the road trip, asking for directions, it might be a small interaction, but could be pretty meaningful. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times, you know, it's the people that live in the area that know where the best spots are to do whatever you want to do. I mean, if you're if you want to, you know, go uh, take a swim in a lake or something, they'll know exactly where to go. If you need to, um, you know, find a best place to get an oil change, you know, they'll know where to go. So definitely talking to the locals is, you know, beneficial. Definitely. Did you meet any locals along the drive that you guys befriended or went out with or even possibly kept in touch with? No, not really. I mean, um, no, I guess not. I mean, it was really just, uh, you know, kind of hanging out with people and talking to them, seeing where to go. Um, And then, you know, once we got to our destination uh, and, you know, saw our friends there, obviously, uh, had a good time. Uh, So using the local guides is a great resource. Uh, what were the reasons for the other trips that you went on? So the first trip was out to, to visit a friend from college, correct? Right, yeah. We went We went out, wanted to visit him and just see some of the country. Um, the second trip I took was a longer trip. It was almost a month, and uh, it was just myself and my girlfriend at the time. We just wanted to see as much as possible. So 
Uh, we took her car and, and went all around, visited folks in Missouri and up in Oregon and down through California and then took a southern route. So that was more of a, an exploratory trip, just trying to see as many national parks as possible. And uh, the third trip that I took was interesting because my former roommate at the time, he moved out to L.A., and his car was still here in Rhode Island, so we had to drive it out to him, which was really fun. So we took his little um, his little Geo Metro and drove that across the country. This was uh, myself and, and two other friends from college. Uh, we drove that out to L.A. and then flew back, so that was fun. And we did we did a similar thing. We tried to hit as many as many national parks along the way. And that trip, we really utilized our network of people that we knew to, like, stay over at their house and, you know, so that we didn't have to pitch a tent. <laughs> Less sleeping in the car, more right. actual breakfasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even though you became a little bit of um, a vet on driving on the roads, there must have been things that surprised you, especially on the month-long trip. I guess what, what surprised me was uh, the fact that we did have to get oil changes a couple times. That that was something I never really thought about. So again, that, um, but also it's very interesting. I grew up in New England, so I'm used to states that are small. You can, you know, here in Rhode Island, you can drive five minutes and be in Massachusetts or 10 minutes and be in Connecticut, you know? So being out West, it was very interesting to just have an entire day where you're driving for 10 hours, but you're in the same state the entire time. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty surreal and it's 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 big country out there. So that I think that's what really what really fascinated me and surprised me the most. Did you ever how did you keep yourself entertained? Did you ever feel like you weren't making progress, especially like you're saying driving from Mass to Rhode Island goes by in the blink of an eye? Um well I uh I don't know. I think I just have uh um I just have the right frame of mind for driving for long distances. I just, I like to do it and I just kind of zone out. Um, we listened to, it was interesting to listen to the radio stations, um, especially when you're, when you're driving through the South, it's, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of Christian radio stations <laughs> that, uh, that I wasn't used to up here. Um, and it was just interesting to hear the local, the local stations. And I mean, other than that, you know, if you're going to take a road trip, do it with people that you like to talk with, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Have a good crew, and yeah. then you also get to, <laughs> even if you're just driving through the area, get a little taste of the local flavor with their local radio. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any tips for packing for these road trips? How did you approach jumping in your car for a month? We, you can't take too much stuff because you don't want to be cramped in the car, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing was, you know, keeping keeping yourself fed and, and, uh, hydrated. So always having some kind of water bottle or, um, you know, economical ways to have your breakfast. Like we kept a bunch of instant oatmeal and coffee grounds. And I brought my, um, I brought my French press so that we could stop at a gas station. There's always hot water free, you know, um, at, at most gas stations. So you can just, you know, have your instant oatmeal and make your make your coffee and you're on your way and you haven't, you know, needed to spend a dime for that. So um, little little tricks like that um, were, were definitely helpful. And, you know, the less you pack, the more room there is in the car, um, the less weight there is in the car, so there's better gas mileage, stuff like that. 
So I know you've done this for vacation, for traveling. What do you think of the new recent van life or RV life trends that a lot of people and millennials specifically are leaning into? Uh, It definitely intrigues me. I mean, you know, do it while you can. Um, You know, it's it'd be tough for me to do that now with, uh, you know, a family. We're kind of settled here with the house and everything. So it'd be tough to do. But man, if you have the time and the resources, definitely do it because it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I think it gives it gives you a good perspective on life to be able to have these adventures when you can Mm -hmm. um, and not just stay in the same in the same place the whole time. Take advantage of the moment and go and and travel while you can. Yeah. And RV sounds pretty comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) I have you seen some of them? They are really decked out with like all of the bells and whistles and it it makes it look quite appealing for um for these long trips across the country. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I have a buddy that moved out to Salt Lake City and to get out there they actually rented an RV and just took their time, you know, getting out there. So they brought their three cats and, you know, all of uh a lot of their possessions they mailed, but you know, they they took their time, took an RV and really saw the country and now they're living in in Utah, which is beautiful, one of the best states I I had the pleasure of going through. And now you have a connection out there, so if you do another cross-country road trip, you have a place oh, yeah. to stay. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> have you ever traveled with pets when driving on road trips? Um, well, I mean, my wife lives in Cincinnati, so we'll take a trip out there pretty much on a on a yearly, sometimes twice a year basis. And uh, we have a dog, so and he's great in the car. So we, we that's a 14-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with my son being two, um, we... we we split it up into two days. I think 14 hours in the car would be a bit much. but uh, So we split it up into two days. We've got, you know, my son, our dog um, in the car with us. So that's uh, that's quite a road trip. I mean, it's a lot shorter, but, you know, it's fun. And, uh, yeah, if you travel with pets, uh, you know, they have to do the same thing we have to do. They have to go to the bathroom. They have to drink. They have to eat. So be aware of that. So is there more planning that goes into... Um, road tripping with your family and your dog than it was when you were in college? Oh, yeah, definitely. Priorities are different, you know. Um, You have to, you know, make sure there's enough space for the family. Um, You know, road tripping with your buddies, you don't really have to plan ahead too much. I mean, you're you're young, you don't really care. It's like you just hit the road and go. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a lot more planning to, to get out to Cincinnati. Yeah, but it sounds like it's still doable and it's still fun for you to be able to drive and spend that time with your family. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, actually what what we end up doing is we look and search for different dog parks that we can go to. So that's a fun stop. Uh, it gets us out, stretches our legs. Uh, you know, Charlie gets to run around. And also my son Austin gets to run around too. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the dog. Yeah. Um, I know like growing up, road tripping was my family's method of transportation. Like we never flew. We were a drive to the destination kind of people. Um, So a lot of my childhood memories come from sitting in the backseat listening to whatever wild playlist my parents had concocted. Um, Do you have any memories or uh, is there anything that stands out to you from any of your road trips, either with your family or with your friends that are just like these great lifelong memories? Uh, a couple come to mind. Uh, one 
being whenever we took we we were the same way. We took road trips to get to places when I was a kid. So uh, at the time I I lived in Maryland. We would we went to Florida a couple times, and it was a drive. We never flew, and I just remember listening to a lot of Beatles and a lot of uh, traveling Wilburys was another uh, another thing that my my dad and my mom would listen to a lot. Some Paul Simon too. And more recently on my road trips, we, I just remember listening to a lot of Credence. Um, and it was interesting. They have a, uh, they have a song called Green River and we were driving by the Green River when it came on the radio and we're like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, out out yeah, out in Colorado. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I don't know why, but some, something about CCR just makes me think of, like you know, being on the road in the car, mm-hmm. it's just like very, very cool, like Americana kind of rock. Yeah, you know, as you're driving across the the desert, it just seems appropriate. You have to have the right soundtrack for the drive. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. Um, I remember we used to have to plan out the CDs, and I'm, I feel like I'm dating myself, but <laughs> p- picking uh, in the limited uh, console space how many and which CDs we get to bring, and so like my sister and I got to pick out two, and then my parents obviously got the lion's share of the the CD space. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I remember doing all of that, and there are still songs to this day that like if it comes on, I'm instantly like smack in back in the the little Saturn and listening to or or seeing the scenery and driving mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Tips and Trips with me, your host, Abby Zartman. My guest this week was Eric Hansen. Make sure you tune in next time to hear part two of our conversation. You'll find links to the references we discussed in this week's episode description on whatever device you listen to the show on. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe and invite a friend to travel along with us. Special thanks to Ensure My Trip for sponsoring the podcast, Julie Lafretti for production assistance, Brittany Janae for creating our logo. This episode was recorded in Warwick, Rhode Island at Star Trek Studios. 